Welcome to another very special edition of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. I know you're asking yourself, what happened to the dynamic praise and worship, triumphant music? In its own way, though, this is very triumphant music. It is the biblical basis for uh, man and woman designed by God, Genesis 1.27, to image God, literally called to make God who is love known. We lose sight of that, don't we? We are, have this built-in attraction thing within us by God's design, man for woman and woman for man. And um, it isn't simply for companionship, although it is that. It isn't simply to have alleviate loneliness. Oh, certainly we see in the beginning in the garden, that's part of it. The end in mind, the purpose, the design is literally to image God, to make God, who is love, a community of persons known. And uh, we're entering into that great season, wedding season. I know others get married at other wonderful times throughout the year, but uh, this is typically the time where folks are focusing on spending the rest of their lives committing themselves, and we're speaking specifically to Catholics, Christians who say, I recognize this is more than just a contract. It's more than just an exchange of property where we agree to certain things and it can be dissolved for any reason. It is a covenant. It is, uh, as Bishop Sheen said, three to get married. It does take three to get married. And it is a sense of saying, I am committing to God's design with my nature, with this beautiful person God has drawn me to, to image him, to make him known. And Christ reveals that ultimate uh, purpose of love and the nature of love, sacrificing himself for the good of other. That's the nature of love, to sacrifice self for the good of other. And of course, we know today, just keeping it very real, all of us, myself included, we are constantly bombarded by the enemy who would have us turn that around instead of sacrificing self for other, love, to make it lust, which is sacrificing other for the perceived good of self. Therein is the battlefield, right? Therein is not only the battlefield, but the occasion that all of us have and the purpose man and woman in marriage to make God whose love known to the world that the world can truly know God. And is it under attack? Of course it is. So we're entering into that season now. Uh, married couples, dating couples, maybe early in your marriage, maybe through your marriage, this night is for you. And we're inviting you to call in and share with us what tidbits you might have, what advice you might give to, we're going to say, young couples. Share with us maybe the most important things that you've learned that you see maybe absent that would encourage others. If you've got a story to go with it, great. If not, that's fine also. And I'm even going to say for those of you out there who, for whatever reasons, uh, found that it didn't work and you made mistakes and, um, you know, you're divorced now. Uh, in that circumstance, we know God's love and his mercy. That was not his design. We know that. But you have something to say, too. What would you have spoken to yourself approaching marriage and in dating? What words of wisdom would you give to yourself that somebody listening right now over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio or a podcast would benefit them, perhaps, so that they wouldn't have to take the course that perhaps you took? I'm inviting you to call in tonight and share with us. 877-275-8098. Again, 877-275-8098. Advice to young couples is what we're calling this night. And 
I'm looking at my absolutely beautiful wife, and the great context for us is personal. It isn't simply this abstract idea love and God and warm, fuzzy feelings and candy and all that is, you know, nice. But for us, it is very personal. This is the eve of our 20th anniversary of wedding. We've been married 20 years tomorrow, June 21st, the first day of summer. And I will say what's particularly unique is 21 years ago. So a year before we were married to the date, we began dating. So for us, it was very um, beautiful. Uh, We're going to open in a prayer right now. I'm going to ask my wife maybe to share with you. And we're giving you permission to cut in, by the way. Don't wait for that, you know, pregnant pause. Great term, pregnancy goes along with marriage. We'll talk about that later. Don't wait for the pregnant pause. Call, call, um, break right in, 877-275-8098. Again, we're asking you to share advice to young couples if they want to be successful. Anybody can, quote, unquote, just be married. But to be successful, to fulfill the mission, the identity, the purpose of marriage, what advice do you have in your struggle in keeping it real? Call in, 877-275-8098. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Trinity of Persons, called to make love known, you who are love, you who fashioned us as persons with the capacity to love, the capacity to make you who are love known, awaken us to this great, wonderful call that's embedded in our bodies, that is the nature of our souls, to literally participate in God, you who are God, Awaken us to the sublime beauty. Awaken us to the enemy and his attacks and the ways that he arouses lust and the way he distracts us to live for lesser things as in the garden. Awaken us, Lord, to um, be honest before you in the struggles that we all face today in this culture, in this world, the multimedia world, and all the messages among people who are designed to know you and live for you. Awaken us to the attacks, but all the more, Lord, attune us to this profound, beautiful gift of our very nature, man and woman, complementarily called to make you who are love known. We pray for an outpouring of grace, God, tonight and on all married couples, all of whom have the audacity to make you who are love known, whatever stage they are in their battle, to know that you're with them, that you're present in that sacrament, and, uh, and that you are victorious. You want, to vi- you want to be victorious tonight, God. You want to conquer us all the more tonight, God. You want to make us all the more uh, icons of your love that can conquer the greatest darkness. We ask all of this in your holy name, through the intercession of our blessed Mother Mary, who we read conquers the head of the serpent, spouse of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, grace. the Lord Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Stephanie Michelle Schleter, my absolutely beautiful wife. I'm stretching. Who I Schleterized. Who I <laughs> Schleterized from Wagner Schleter. Um, I love you so much. I'm so blessed by you. I fall right back, short. Gotcha. And as I said, uh, I love you so much. In the very beginning, I'd say, but I barely know what that means. Mm-hmm. There was a sense of honesty that we have so much to grow in and um, certainly have our blessed struggles. They're not just struggles. They're blessed struggles. And the goal is to make us saints. The goal is God to 
literally chisel away at us. And we're blessed to share a marriage in a context of community, not just you and me, right? But our, those who were witnessed at our wedding, the priests who are present at our wedding um, up till this date, those who we've come to know and, and uh, nurture our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, share with us, and again, I'm going to remind you all out there to call in and share with us your advice to young couples. It's 772758098. Break right in. But uh, as um, we're waiting for you to call in, whoever's going to break the ice, you get an award. We'll tell you what it is later. Um, <laughs> my wife is going to maybe share a little bit about our 21 years ago today on the verge of dating, how important it was, that date. And I'll leave it to you. You're a great storyteller. Well, I don't know about that. So I'm going to interrupt myself. Can, Can you I do, do that? that? It's impressive. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I just want to echo everything you said, first of all. And secondly, just to challenge in a good way, I, I think a better word would be encourage. Encourage our listeners to just uh, proclaim marriage. You know, like whatever anniversary you're celebrating, whatever mm. moment, like... We are so bombarded as Christians, as Catholic Christians, you know, in this culture that we live in that is so anti-marriage as God designed it. Mm. And, you know, we celebrate so many other things, and we're so quiet about marriage sometimes, not for any specific reason, but I think we just need to really preach it loudly, Mm -hmm. like really celebrate those anniversaries, really. And I'm not talking big parties or whatever, but we need to proclaim and celebrate the faithfulness that that sacramental grace has brought and, and that the gift it is to the world the gift it is to the world. Amen. And along that, I know you want me to get to something else. No, you're you're the boss in this moment. (laughs) Thanks. Um, We, you mentioned priests at our wedding, so blessed by, I don't even know how many priests we had there, quite a few that we were so blessed by, I don't know, 10, 12 or so. But priests have been such a part of our lives and the vocation of priesthood and the vocation of marriage um, certainly encourage and build each other up. So on that note, I just want to wish a happy anniversary of ordination to Father Michael Dandran, mm-hmm. who got, mar- or got, mar- got married to the church, um, <laughs> was ordained same time, same 20 date. years ago. Yes, tomorrow. So, And I'm not sure who else was in his class, but it's also ordination anniversary season. So we thank you priests for your yes we praise the lord for calling you and um thank you for building up the vocations that and giving witness to the ultimate destiny that each of us have of intimacy with god you're making that ultimate purpose that will be through all eternity um uh, present to us in a witness form of living it out vibrantly on earth that uh, marriage that we anticipate uh, so the blessed have this complementarity of vocations married life priestly life vocations uh consecrated single life thank you priests um you don't hear it often enough but uh goodness um this opportunity to make love known would not be possible were you not to be in persona christi in the person of christ so special blessings to the beautiful soul uh, Monsignor Bible, uh, my spiritual director who married us and dear, dear, dear friend through the years. And uh, it was called home a number of months ago. And uh, I know looking out from on high, so we do pray for his soul. And I encourage if there are any priests listening, and this is Annunciation Radio, the Catholic station of the area. So I hope that there are. We encourage you to call in also to give your words of wisdom. Um, so many of you have done so much marriage preparation and you see 
so much before and after, you know, so if you have anything that you would be willing to share and bless us with, we encourage you also to call in 877-275-8098. So bring it on, interrupts at any moment. So Greg mentioned that we have the um, unique uh, characteristic of our first date was also the same day, the same anniversary, if you will, as our wedding day. So one year apart. Um, I guess the point in this story, Craig's like, could you just get on? No, with I'm it? not. I'm delighted. <laughs> and my, my, the look of this face. See, we've got years to grow. You're not reading my yeah. face of delight at my wife. Yes, you're always delighted by you. How could I not be? Who's not (laughs) delighted with you? Stop. Um, It's the truth. No, no, I lost my train of thought. June 21st, 21 years ago, Erie, Pennsylvania. I came out of seminary after years spending with Father Benedict Rochelle and uh, Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg and discerned through Theology of the Body that God did not call me to the priesthood as beautiful as it was. It was very clear to me. Didn't know who it was and found myself in Erie, Pennsylvania. My wife had written a grant for somebody to take over a movement that I'd founded years before leaving seminary. And uh, that's what happened. She wrote a grant and I... Her husband, I'm giving you the mail kind of set up. And so she was really my soulmate in leading this movement. You might say kind of a net ministries meets sort of theology of the body. So forming young teams of evangelists. Justin Fatika was on that first team in Erie, Pennsylvania. And uh, and so really right out of the gates, beginning in January, 21 years ago, we were very uh, kindred brother and sister leading teams of young people for six months without any romantic expressed romantic well okay (laughs) (laughs) i'll take it from here female version later yeah you take it from there no so as greg said we were just very kindred from the beginning very very good friends um did a lot of ministry together did just a lot of social things together everything seemed to be centered at the heart of the church Mm um some beautiful friendships around that also i for sure and again story for another time um fell much harder, much more quickly than my dear husband. Uh, but that's okay. It sounds painful. No, was it painful? I fell. Yes. Okay. No, it was beautiful. I was smitten. Um, so fast forward through lots of different months there and different things. Uh, the beauty of waiting also till the Lord really prepared both of our hearts to come together in that dating relationship was that foundation for friendship. So young people, you know, that's the the basis of any relationship is a good, true, deep friendship prior to dating, in my humble opinion, um, and just can be so much more fruitful and fulfilling and um, stronger with that. So that being said, um, we had been praying about it. Stuff was starting, you know, the Lord was starting to stir Greg's heart a little bit more. Mine was already stirred quite well. Which I knew two weeks into January. Yeah. <laughs> another um, story. Another story. But um, so we had... Uh, kind of talked about it a little bit, but it it hadn't solidified into anything. And then really a true prayerful discernment process. And so I was going to be away for a week helping to lead, um, it was called CLI, Catholic Leadership Institute, uh, a week-long program for young Catholics. Um, And Greg was going away, and I knew for a wedding of a friend, um, or as the date of sorts, uh, at a friend's aunt's wedding. And so I knew he was going to kind of use that as a, a... 
marker, if you will, a, a crescendo of discernment. And just a quick note there as you're in that point, folks, when we spoke of exclusive dating, we understood what it meant to mean that we will exclude anyone else from consideration. So we understood in our teaching and forming young people that when you come to a point that you're ready to provide, you're ready to pursue the end of dating, which is marriage, that's its purpose. Uh, friendship is a different thing. You can have all kinds of friends, but to enter into that romantic mutual understanding has the end in mind of mutual self-giving love. So to exclude everyone else from consideration meant that barring skeletons in the closet for me to say, let's date, and I meant exclusively, it meant that I was confident enough that God was calling me to shut out everybody else from that consideration, devote myself to the consideration of my wife, we'll use the word courtship, um, with the purpose of God specifically guiding us into greater understanding of the route, the path, the journey to marriage. So I would often say, and people don't maybe agree or get this, but I'll tell you, it's just a a blessed insight that um, in some sense, the decision to exclusively date is as important or more important in some sense than engagement or even marriage, because you are in that moment setting aside every other person because you are that confident. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean you may not have particular attraction for other people prior to that or prefer them or desire them, but to make it a formal, I'm excluding all others means you're getting into kind of an intense situation. You're getting into a focused situation, seeking grace. And so again, Stephanie bringing up to this point, we had discussed this, we knew this, and I was praying about whether or not we would date in that exclusive way. So um, we, I was away, I knew Greg would have been coming back already kind of with the... Uh, a verdict or something? A game show? <laughs> the answer, that's right, and the, and the winner is. Um, so I would... It was a little bit of a sacrifice for me to be away, and I didn't have communication. Long story short, um, some, a family member came out to, t- to camp to tell me that some dear friends um, had lost their baby. The Lorais, Paul the and Gretchen. Yeah, ba- from back in Erie. Shout out to them. Wonderful Lorai family. Love you. And so um, little Dominic was born and lived mm. uh, around a day, maybe, mm. maybe a little bit less than a day. So I actually... Um, was able to come in to the city to be present and pray with this family at little Dominic's funeral. And so um, it was just a very grace time in so many ways. So I came into the church and a number of my family members were there. And for whatever reason, I walked right past them <laughs> and uh, knelt down in the pew where Greg was sitting. And, Second um, from the front or the front, maybe? No, no, no. We weren't up that close. See, here's the marriage thing, right? It's going back and forth. Anyway, we'll this stuff facts. is not that important. But it was just, a, again, a very grace moment where I knelt down and we just kind of knew we knew. I mean, I knew driving back from Chicago the day before, whenever it was, that um, we had developed as a uh, our friendship and God's grace alive in us. And honestly, I'm a type, I know it's hard to believe, I'm a type A, go get it, go after it kind of person, even in matters of faith. And so I had to kind of surrender that go after it sensibility with regard to women in marriage. And I had to say, God, you know, you need to make it clear to me. This is your thing, not mine. You know, even if I have a physical attraction or spiritual or emotional, that's all great. 
But that's not the ultimate criteria of marriage. It's God alive and pointing it out in that, in those qualities. Some people think each of those are sufficient. Well, I'm attracted to her, and but years later they discover it's not enough. So anyways, um, I had come to the point in discernment where I knew we were meant to date. Um, and, and she, you know, sensed it, intuited it, came and knelt next to me during this funeral mass. Dominic, the namesake of our youngest child now, Dominic, um, the funeral of that. And uh, so we decided on that day, she had two more days of CLI, Catholic Leadership Institute. Um, but we decided on that day, you know, we'll make this, if you will, formal two days from now. So that was on the 19th. And then, so I came back, and I don't know what details you want me to tell, but just, I I did have to laugh because Greg knows, knew that I have great love of St. Therese, the little flower. Mm. And so when I returned to my house, um, there was a little vase with three roses, a red rose, a white rose, and a yellow rose. And I thought, <laughs> hmm, if he, he thinks I might be doing a novena, and so he's trying to cover all his bases as to which color rose I may have been praying for. Um, so anyway, we did, that was the night of our first date and we went to see um oh my gosh <laughs> should i be all dramatic now no um we went to drive in and it was kind of funny because the two titles that we watched were mission impossible and, and twister, twister. <laughs> and uh we got some subs and pop or whatever for it my was brother's crashed by shop. justin fatika and yes, now sister faustina say. right um, a dear young friend who became a sister. So just kind of fun. Right from the beginning, the community was certainly a part of it. Um, so just kind of a fun story. But I would like to say to anyone dating, but in particular in a young person listening, I, again, I echo your words about exclusive dating, that you know, it is meant, exclusive dating or courtship or whatever you want to call it, is meant to your your able to be married that would be the next step but so many people talk about marriage preparation and young people you're in marriage preparation right now with Mm -hmm. the choices you're making certainly but um, also those you are dating and those um, just the friends you're surrounding yourself with all that is part of marriage preparation you know too often we think of it as that day long or weekend long pre-cana or engagement encounter or you know whatever the case may be depending upon you know, the regulations, if you will, of what you need to do to get married. And it, it's, it starts in the home. You know, I pray that we've given our children great witness to marriage preparation, you know, and through, you know, our struggles and how we work out those struggles mm-hmm. through the joy that I pray that we, you know, show in, in our married love and um, just all those things. So parents, I encourage you so much to realize that fact, even if it's just little, little ones that you have, that you're already preparing them for the great sacrament of marriage, if that's what your children are called to. So folks, you're tuning into Ignite Radio Live. Greg and Stephanie, very blessed to be with you on this night. We're talking about marriage. We're talking about God's capacity to make himself known in this world through man and woman, complementarily, uh, Genesis one twenty seven. And um, if you're listening right now and you have advice that you can share with young people or maybe even the younger you, what advice would you have given to yourself that you really wish somebody would have shared or maybe emphasized with you? Help us. Help us share this message. Proclaim it. Call in right now, 877 877- 
877-275-8098. You know, I started playing this song, Stephen Curtis Chapman, I Will Be Here. It's uh, really a beautiful reflection of love in marriage. And of course, he has the he can write it because he's been married a long, long time with a number of kids and endured a lot of struggles and difficulties. But the whole idea of whatever you're going through, whatever's happening, whatever you're feeling, whatever struggles, whatever sin, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to, I'm going to declare in spite of my imperfections that with God's grace, I can't do it alone. And maybe that's one of the biggest things I would say, and I invite any of you to call and amplify this. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it by ourselves. You cannot be married by yourself uh, in a full, rich way that God calls you to by yourself. We talk about this constantly with Mass Impact, that uh, I can't give what I do not have. So, you know, really I'd say you know, the most important thing is Stephanie's and my, at the, the highest level, hers and my respective commitment to God in seeking His grace, coming before Him, a prayer life, um, recognizing our sins and our imperfections. I mean, really honestly, come on before Him and saying, you know, Lord, there's this stuff in me that I need to be healed of. And oh, by the way, even before we got married, you know, are we sufficiently healed of some things so that we're able to be married so we can commit to one another? Have we demonstrated an ability, mastery over our wills and our minds? Not that we won't maybe fall in certain ways, but a mastery that enables us to give ourselves away to one another. Uh, Stephanie, at a young age, um, the prayer that every second, third, fourth grader ought to pray, and I didn't pray it as much as you did, but that whole idea of your spouse (laughs) is, unless you're really seriously robbing the cradle, is born by the time you're second, third, fourth grade. That means God who sees all, knows who your spouse is, second, third, or fourth grade, and you are already praying at a young age for God to protect, if you were called to marriage, to protect that person, to keep them safe, to keep them pure, to keep them holy, to form them in virtue. What a great thing, parents, to have your young people think about that, and you as parents to be praying, to be again, praying. unless they're really seriously robbing the crave, grave, robbing the cradle, home <laughs> not. Um, you know, they exist. They're on the planet right now. And and to add to that, pray, young, any young person listening, pray for your spouse. Parents, teach your little ones to pray for their spouse. You pray for their future spouse. Someone taught me more recently to pray for their future spouse's family, mm. their parents who might be enduring struggling and marriage attack or whatever. And that just stuck with me because when you get married, you're into that family. Okay. We have a caller. So welcome to Ignite Radio Live. Linda. Hello. Thanks for calling in. Sure. What have you got for us? A wonderful wise one. <laughs> well, I have some advice for any young couple that are looking for their spouse, searching for their spouse, um, my advice is search and pray mm-hmm. for someone who's going to help lead you to heaven. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, in, in this world, in this age, there are plenty of people out there who are going to help lead you to hell, mm-hmm. but that one person who's going to help lead you to heaven. Beautiful. So that's my advice. How did you, Linda, come to understand maybe the some specifics about what that looks like to lead you to heaven? I mean, is it okay just that they go to church or go to mass? I mean, how deep, how rich, how important? What does it look like with a couple? I'm putting you on the um, spot, and you can punt if you'd like, but color that in oh no. for somebody listening. 
Well, there's, a, you know, society in the way that um, the majority of the, of especially the youth, younger, they, you know, people, and I, I'm not real sure if it's morals, your moral background, but it's just the way that people in society, you know, they're, the way that they, they live nowadays, mm-hmm. um, everything's acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it, you, I mean, if it feels good, do it. The, the person that I looked for was someone that I knew had a strong root, was strongly rooted with Christ. Mm-hmm. Just happened that he was Catholic. Um, which also is very, you know, to be equally yoked is very important in a marriage. Um, But someone who just has a very strong, the same values, the core values that you have, that you want to raise your children the same. Because it's not, even though if if they're Christian, that's all good, but to have those same, like, sacramental, mm-hmm. you know, are you going to raise your children sacramentally, be rooted within the church, have the same, you know, your same core beliefs, and friendship. I mean, my husband, we were friends for seven years before we decided to get married. Mm-hmm. So awesome. I, I do think that's very important. Right. Maybe not that long, but at least have that foundation. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. And too often, sometimes people um, mistake like a courteous, gentlemanly something for a godly Christian man. Mm. You know, like, oh, yeah. Are, is that person just holding the door or whatever versus does he have that deep personal relationship with Christ? Is he entering into the sacraments? You know, is that right. the first and foremost? So you. Thank you for that, Linda. Thank you so much for calling in. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have, Have a, a good great night. night. Okay. Bye-bye. Our next caller, is it who I think it is? Hello? Hello? Yay, Francis, our dear friends. Yes, indeed. How are you? Oh, I'm just fine, thank you. Thanks, um, God. What have you got for us tonight? Well, uh... My wife and I actually have our and had it yesterday. Oh, Congratulations! How many years for you guys? Fifty-two. Wow! Praise God! Wow! You got some advice Francis to give us. I'm going to listen to you. Take You're an expert. Away. Take it away. Well, I certainly am not an expert, but uh, we have learned things along the way, and uh, God has been so good to us and and helped us through many. Uh, Trying times and uh, raising four children, um, and unfortunately, there were there weren't the same um, instructions mm-hmm. in advance that that uh, is available now. Mm-hmm. But uh, nevertheless, we both had the right intentions. Uh, my wife, uh, bless her, Mary Jo. Um, so dear, and uh, we met at a Corda Club. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with Corda Club, but it was for um, unmarried uh, Catholic men and women mm-hmm. uh, in their 20s, mostly, and um, so it gave an opportunity to socialize. Nice. And to so friendship was key at the foundation. Exactly. And uh, just to cut it to the quick here, so to speak, uh, we 
I, and I think Mary Jo, uh, recognized something special uh, in each other the very first uh, night we met. Mm-hmm. We were introduced through a friend of hers, and um, it was a Christmas party, and so that helped the occasion as well. Sure. But uh, we, we had a chance to sit down and talk. We had a chance to dance together. Um, and express, you know, uh, the fact that we'd like to see each other again. And so that was really good. And um, uh, let's see. I definitely made a point to ask permission from her father, from her parents. What a guy. Before I would, uh, you know, uh, consider myself definitely uh, the... Mm, the person that they would accept as her future husband. So family, much more important back then, and an honor that existed also. And I suspect also that that there was a shared sense of values that would support you if you hoped would say yes. That's great. Yes, yes. Uh, I definitely wanted to marry a Catholic girl. And, um, well, we were both, let's see, around 30 when we got married, so um, it's not like getting married when you're in your teens or early 20s or anything like that. Uh, It was, uh, we were both mature, Mm -hmm. knew what we were doing, um, and there was a definite attraction there. Um, So we... um, So 52 years later, what... What is one thing that you could say to young people right now, perhaps to those people who, that couple who's struggling? Like, what words of advice would you give to them? Definitely uh, no, uh, no pre-marriage sex. Uh, it was all respect and um, doing things in common with uh, the group. And uh, occasionally, you know, we'd maybe uh, go to a movie or something like that together, but no no um, taking advantage of mm-hmm. the other, definitely respect for one another. Mm-hmm. And um, we courted for a year and a half before uh, getting married, and it was a very good thing to do. Mm-hmm. We got to know each other. Uh, not like some who maybe are, are friends for some years, but this was still sufficient to uh, be able to make a good judgment. And uh, so judgment is important, discernment. Mm-hmm. And um, we were encouraged by, uh, well, her folks. And um, my folks were, were living in, in Buffalo at the time, so... Uh, they were far away. I only could, you know, tell them, and we did go there uh, after we were married. So on our honeymoon, I introduced her to my family, mm-hmm. but um, I was welcomed into her family. She has all brothers. So so what's one more, right? It, it was, a, <laughs> you know... Francesco, what's what's the song you danced to or a favorite love song? We're, we're blessed by your advice. Maybe I can find it and we'll play it as we transition to another uh, person calling in. But can you, can you recall a song that you both really like? Oh, 
probably uh, one that most people would know would be the Blue Skirt Waltz. Oh, the Blue Skirt Waltz mm-hmm. by uh, Frankie Yankovic? Uh, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, one thing I wanted to share, too, is that uh, there was a nun who taught alongside my wife in uh, Macaulay High School. And this is this nun was an artist, mm. and she did a, port, a painting for us that had the figure of a man and a woman in outline that is uh, kind of shadowed, where the heads uh, overlapping, mm-hmm. the hearts were entwined. Oh, um, there was uh, a dove up in the left corner. Uh, there is, I should say, we still have this and we treasure it. Uh, it was given to us as a, um, a wedding gift, and it's priceless. Wow, wow. And so there are rays coming from where the dove is, so divine blessing. Beautiful. Uh, and and then the, like I say, the oneness of, of heart and mind, uh, and also there are crosses at the uh, bottom of the picture that are curled upwards. So in other words, God's grace coming down helped to sweep the crosses that we would carry up and uh, you know, according to uh, take up your burden and so forth. Uh, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Frank, I want to thank you so much for calling in and giving the great testimony of you and your wife to all of us listening right now. So folks, Frank and Mary Jo just celebrated 52 years of their wedding. So for many of us, you know, that ought to be, you know, if you will, an encouragement. And we heard some great uh, uh, examples, if you will, or what took him to get it there. You know, he had a community that supported him. He talked about the faith that was common for them. And uh, so Frank, we love you. We're so blessed when you do call in and share with us your testimony. We're just wanting to open the door for anyone else who might want to call in right now and share with us any advice to young couples uh, who are right now dating or married. You know, what is your strong bit of advice that you wish somebody would have shared with you when you were dating or early in your marriage? Call us right now, 877-275-8098. Tune in to Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. And uh, so, Steph, what were your thoughts as you were hearing some wisdom from uh, Francesco, our friend, the Endless Sage? Just very beautiful. I actually thought of Phil and Jackie Hertzfeld also, Mm. who are just a phenomenal example of married love to all those who know them. They also just celebrated 52 years of their marriage. So blessings upon them and gratitude for that witness. Again, just we need to proclaim these these marriages and thank them for their witnesses. Loved the image that Frank um, described, you know, and just all the symbolism there and made me think of Ephesians 5, which we had read at our wedding, which some people were like, what? You know, why would you choose that? So why did we choose that? How do you respond to somebody, the good friend of ours who helped us uh, and was a little bit indignant, you know, a little bit maybe some feminist thinking of this a patriarchal you know, male uh, lording it over women type of thing. What? How do you think about that? How do I think about Ephesians 5? For those of you who are wondering what Ephesians 5 is, it's the infamous um, scripture passage of husbands love your wives. Um, 
or be submissive to your wives comes first. So it's the whole thing about submissive. And wives it, be submissive to your husbands. Yes. Yeah, so it's I, it's totally misunderstood by so many. And if if you look at the beautiful true meaning of it, it is so rich and so real. Um, and we loved. Do you remember other readings? That's for you to think about in a second. But um, <laughs> he looks nervous. Um, just the beauty, because uh, it's it's calling both of us. You know, well, submission, submissive under, under the, the mission, mission of, of. And what's the mission of a husband in Ephesians five? To lay down his life. To love his bride as Christ loved. To one of Christ, do he lay down his yep. life? So my yes. mission uh, is to literally lay down my life for my wife, and usually, you. You know, it's the lesser that serves the greater. Jesus, who is God Almighty, humbled himself, took on flesh and blood, but washed feet, right? He died. He subjected himself to all that's human. You know, by any standards, look today, you know, this is a servant, um, if you will, position, a servant posture. It is a selfless, I sacrifice myself for others. So Ephesians 5, um, be submissive, be under the mission of sacrificing self for the good of other. Very defining for Steph, you and I, and our children wanting to forge in them the joy. I mean, think about it also, brothers and sisters out there. One of the times you're most joy-filled, um, I can readily say that it's the times when I'm serving. It's the times when I'm is growing up in a soup kitchen or helping somebody else or giving my resources to help another that my parents modeled for me. And my greatest joy when I'm poured out, simply put, love poured out are the times of greatest joy. And here we see that the essence of Ephesians 5, applicable to husbands and wife both but in a particular way to the husband pour yourself out for your wife in that mission of Christ which is to pour ourselves out for the good of other so in that uh, scripture passage Christ commands to love I'm not sure how many times three or four times which again is a reminder that it's not a cho- it is a choice that love is a choice like you can't command a feeling you will feel this way right but that it is a choice and that that grace is there and I think as married couples um, Catholic marriages Christian marriages we forget that we have that sacramental grace as Catholics right and that we are called to call upon it you know especially in those times of struggle or um, just great cross-bearing moments that many people face in their marriages so just that that whole idea and the advice that's given isn't practical advice like we're asking our callers 877-275-8098 to give us right now but the Lord focuses um, that scripture through St. Paul more on uh, being than on doing. And so often that's, I mean, we know many people who struggle in marriages incredibly so, and yet they remain faithful to mm-hmm. each other and are trying through God's grace. That's a grace, testimony in itself. Absolutely, to work it out. And I read a quote um, I don't remember who said it, but it, the, it's, the gist of it is, I will be what I promise to be even when you are not. Mm. And you and I have been blessed over these 20 years repeatedly from the very beginning. We love to say our vows to each other on a regular basis mm-hmm. as that mm-hmm. grace reminder, if you will. And, um, and so just that, that grace is there, that vow is there, and it's not, well, you're not, so I'm not. It's, I'm going to outdo you in love. I'm going to outdo you in love. Mm-hmm. I'm going to love you even when you're not being faithful to your, to 
your piece of the covenant, if you will. It's not about a consumer relationship, you know, um, not a contract like you had mentioned. So we're in a world of consumerism. It's what I can get, what I feel, how I'm blessed, how, you know, the gimme, gimme, gimme syndrome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not what marriage is about. It is about outdoing each other in love. And as we kind of alluded to this early on, Stephanie, talking about uh, forging our kids in love, um, what I really was drawn to with you that stood out for me uh, perhaps more than anybody I ever knew or dated not understanding the purpose of dating until maybe those later years of seminary and prayer and uh, growth if you will but that if you kind of think of love as an arrow ask yourself the question and it's a good question for all of us to ask is my love pure and holy which is to say I love the person for their own good Meaning, regardless of how they act, what they think, how they treat me, and again, Christ is the model, do I love them for their own good? And I might even say, if God desires something that is a greater good for that person and it doesn't involve me, do I still love them? That's the character and quality of love. Or, excuse me, is it arrow one of pointing toward them only so it points back to me. Am I loving and communicating and whatever whining and dining may exist in dating? Is it so that I really selfishly want them to be affirming or present to me or to satisfy my appetites? This to me is sort of like a, I don't know, a, a seismic shock in the faith fabric of our world today um, of these two lines of loving somebody for their own nature, for their own good, or loving them so that they, if you will, love us or feed our appetites, a selfishness. It's a great thing, even for those of us who are married, to constantly come before Christ and ask the question, you know, Lord, is my love pure? and I can raise my hand. It is not. But there's the beauty of the church. The church exists to to inform me that I'm meant to be like Christ, which I'm far from, and, excuse me, in the awareness of that distance, to seek the grace to love like Christ loves, to be free from the selfishness, to be free from the stuff. And to men, I have to say, because we've really been emasculated, I'm just going to say it, we become an emasculated culture. And what is authentic masculinity? It's St. Joseph who... I'll just be straightforward. Couldn't have sex, didn't have sex with his wife. He took her because God, you know, uh, beautifully arranged his foster father relationship with Jesus. Um, We see masculinity, of course, in Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, who laid down his life. Um, And I will say one word uh, of advice to men that I think this alone can do a lot to build up marriages and family. One word, empathy. How often do we say, Lord, give me, give me the heart. Help me to understand what my wife is experiencing. Help me to set aside whatever strong feelings or worldview I have right now about work, about hunting, about music, about poker playing, about sports, about whatever it is. Lord, help me to set aside my strong desires and interests and truly reflect upon, ask you for the grace to help me have insight. What does my wife deal with? What are her challenges if she's at work or as a mom or, you know, in life as a woman, the struggles and the pressures she faces? Give me your heart for her. And then, of course, as you have children, you know, it's all the more an opportunity to be like Christ because this is the heart of Christ. It's an empathetic heart. It's a heart that's reaching beyond himself to enter into the life of another. He transcended the heavens, Lord himself, to truly enter into our world. That's the nature of love. Are we doing that? And I have to say, this is not like a drudgery thing, even though, brothers, it is a struggle for us. There's no greater joy than having done that. 
And uh, 9-11, right, we saw firemen do it in that occasion. Men are wired to be heroic. They're wired to sacrifice self for the good of other in those sorts of ways. Well, brothers, I got to say, you know, the greatest heroic struggle, sacrifice, challenge, call may be in your marriage tonight. It may be to set aside whatever ways you feel maybe um, you've been treated or you've been spoken about, whatever that is, and to say, set that aside and say, Lord, give me your heart. Help me to understand what my wife is dealing with or what my children are dealing with. If you can do that, you're going to experience a grace beyond any physical thing you could acquire in this world. And it is a challenge. So let us hear from you, 877-275-8098. Call in with your thoughts on marriage, advice, wisdom, questions, whatever it may be. We invite you to be a part of this show, Ignite Radio Live. This is your show, guys. So call in, 877-275-8098. Thanks for being there for me. We complete each other's thoughts. We complete each other. That's right. That's right. So... um, 20 years ago. Yes. Just jumping on back. Yep. Erie, Pennsylvania, beautiful St. Peter's Cathedral. Mm-hmm. Very dear, blessed community of bridesmaids and bridegrooms. Bridegroom. Grooms. Bridesgroom. Grooms. <laughs> groomsmen. Whatever they're called. And, uh, and, you know, I have to say a strong thing is is that um, you're no more or less Just married on how it. much money you spend on your wedding. I can't say it strongly enough. You know, and I, I say this. Are we often worshiping the ceremony in the name of marriage? or in the name of God, the ceremony, the centerpiece is you giving your life, your whole life to your spouse. I, Gregory Richard, take you, Stephanie, to be my wife. I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. I don't have a sheet in front of me because we really wanted to memorize our vows. Mm -hmm. And I am looking at my wife as I'm saying that. That's the centerpiece of it. That is the beauty of of our wedding. Um, We didn't have a lot of money. Uh, Stephanie is one of 12 children. Her mom died. You've heard that story, deceased, looking on from a higher place when she was five years old. Um, Dad didn't make a dime over 25000 a year. Uh, my parents weren't rolling in it. We just were not. It was understood we wanted to keep it very simple. But it was an absolutely beautiful ceremony. Everyone who came spoke about uh, that, I don't know, the human, beautiful God, kissing earth <clears throat> kind of quality. Blessed priest, Father Levis, some of you may have seen, read his books, EWTN, blessed to be in the Erie community, blessed to have him there. Just gave us some very beautiful words. In fact, he'd said, and again, this isn't because of us. He said, in all his years of of marrying, uh, of marriage, of performing ceremonies, he's never seen a more beautiful wedding. And all I can say is it's not because of Steph and me that's unique to us. It's unique to every person that simply says, Lord, not my will but yours be done. If you're saying that, and again, we struggle with selfishness, but if that simple seed of empathy of not my will, God, but yours be done is the heart of what you're doing, you're going to be blessed many, many times over. So those listening or those parents of listening of people who are getting married soon, just an encouragement again of certainly the wedding mass or ceremony should be um, planned well and all the festivities. It is a great celebration, but at the service of what, you know, like focus on the sacrament as you're making all these preparations now or helping in them, um, don't forget to prepare your soul for your beloved, mm. you know, to grow, grow together in these weeks or months or 
whatever the time frame is prior to marriage that you're working on getting ready for that to making that the best day ever <laughs> you know just in that relationship um, when Greg and I would give different talks on um, just either communication or marriage or dating or whatever we would often use um, the symbol of the triangle so mm-hmm. everybody right now use your imaginations and picture a triangle and at the bottom two corners would represent you know one side was greg one side was myself or man and woman and the top was god and the more you look at toward each other so at the bottom of the triangle as fulfillment as fulfillment and connecting and that's where you're farthest apart but as you both look each of you individually toward the top of the triangle where God is, the Trinity, that who is love. Um, as you gaze that way and grow that way closer to our Lord, that's when you become closer to each other. And I think if I was to give any piece of advice, I'm going to call in here. Hello, hello. Hello, um, caller. I think that would be most on my heart right now, that too often we forget about that core relationship, you know, that we are called to have. Linda so beautifully, um, our first caller, reminded us of just that relationship with Christ, that, you know, going deeper together. And that's so important. It's the most important thing. You mentioned Bishop Sheen, three to get married. It needs to be a part of it. It just, that's what marriage is about. And as much as we can, you know, read books on communication and read books on finances and read books on in-laws and read books on this and get advice about this, which are all important and have their place. If you're missing the key element of relationship with our Lord and God, our Lord and Savior, it's all for naught. Because again, as Linda reminded us, it's getting each other to heaven. Mm-hmm. That is that is why we're here. We are created to know God, to love Him, and to serve Him in this world, and to be happy with Him forever in the next. And those of us who are blessed in the vocation of marriage, we're called to help each other along that path. And if marriage isn't doing that, even if it's with a struggling, you know, cross-laden marriage, then, you know, what what do we do with that? You know, like we need to come back to that root um, and go from there. Pope John Paul, Pope St. John Paul II said, quote, Spouses are therefore the permanent reminder to the church of what happened on the cross. Mm-hmm. They are for one another and for the children witnesses to the salvation in which the sacrament makes them sharers. I'll say it again. Spouses are therefore the permanent reminder to the church of what happened on the cross. He continues, they are for one another and for the children witnesses to the salvation in which the sacrament makes them sharers. Now, what is the sacrament? Obviously, the sacrament of marriage. And in a Catholic marriage, it is holy communion. Let's look at that word as sort of a guiding principle for marriage, communion. Let's take it apart, communion, literally with union, with unity. What a great norm for everything in marriage and, I might say, the marriage ceremony itself. Um, If what we're doing is leading you closer together to be greater in greater unity, in greater union with one another, so that on that day, um, when you give your lives away to one another, it is all the more rich, all the more full, then great. But if you're finding, if you will, all peripheral things, detracting things, lesser things, inconsequential things that are breaking you apart, that are diminishing, if you will, that are splintering, I'll use that word, if you're finding splintering going on, then 
maybe you need to examine whether or not it, it, it merits your energy. If you want that, if you will, crud filling your souls when at this time it ought to be an occasion of come union, of coming together, of providing unity. And not just with those spouses, by the way, um, but for all the entire community. And uh, and here is sort of a, a sort of a note to all of us uh, that let's just keep it real. Many marriages are struggling right now. Many couples are struggling right now. And marriage, as it involves a holy community, we need to prayerfully engage. We need to find ways, men, to get in there and call that husband and say, Hey, brother, uh, you know, can I take you out for a beer or whatever it is? How you doing? You know, what's going on? What can I do? What can I pray for you? Let them lead. Obviously, you're not going to barge in. It's not going to be in an inappropriate way. But we don't have enough evangelical engagement by a community in the lives of a married couple. It's like they get married and culture says, Well, you're at it. Go at it on your own. Well, that makes a lie out of the sacrament. It makes a lie out of holy communion. So right now, if you can think of a married couple that is struggling, I say to the men, what are you doing about it? And not just praying separately from them. How are you engaging? How are you being God's supporting, encouraging, transforming presence in their lives? Women, the same thing. How are you engaging with that, that the mother, the spouse, if you will, uh, in that relationship? And I really encourage you to, to, to have a gesture. Hey, you know, can I take you out, find a time uh, that, that works, and uh, take them out, and be that presence to them? You mentioned a JP2 quote, so I'm going to throw one back at you. Um, Only to the degree that it mirrors the love of Christ for his bride can a marriage be called a Christian. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? And it's strong. Only to the degree that it mirrors the love of Christ for his bride can a marriage be called Christian. I heard um, a talk from Father Ricardo who was speaking on this and some questions that he threw out, um, which I would like to share with you, our listeners, are like, how does the enemy creep into that image? How can we be a better mirror? You know, what can we do to get rid of those smudges, the cracks, those things, you know, and to communicate, to talk to each other? How can I love you better? You know, how do you like, which ways do you like my love language, if you will? You know, just all those things, because it is a constant give and take and getting to know each other. Simply put, as we conclude tonight, name and renounce the junk. Name it. Renounce it in the name of Jesus Christ and be filled with him who is love in the Holy Spirit. Tonight, those simple two steps, renounce the junk, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and let's be that community revealing God to the world. God bless you.